All right. Episode 16 of the Mungrel Punt podcast. I just mis- mispronounced the word podcast. Are you a bit, a bit tired? Just a little bit. For those who don't know, our website went down last night and uh, we spent most of the night being angry for not not for the regular reasons, but more in our... <laughs> At our web provider and web, web host. You're not an angry man. I'm not an angry man. I try no. not to be angry, but I was pretty pissed off last night. Although your email to the web provider, you're passive aggressive. I'm very disappointed in you. That was classic parent email. I was pretty impressed with that. Nobody wants to be on the receiving end of a, I'm quite disappointed. Well, I, I certainly don't like it. Our daughter's not the biggest fan of it. <laughs> um, speaking of our daughter, if you hear any background noise today, she's actually in the bath at the moment unsupervised no 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 she has her older sister there with her she's four (laughs) you're terrible she's uh if you hear any yelling and screaming it means she is alive let's not uh jump to horrible conclusions so there are a few rooms away hopefully they're relatively quiet while we punch this out um no guarantees however we might jump straight in oh well first of all we talk about the website which we've got a whole heap of options for members haven't we we've had a few people jump on this week which has been fantastic Except for when uh, the website went down. <laughs> yeah, that, that that part was pretty crap. I and died a bit inside. I'm, I'm living in fear that it may happen again once we release you know, Gab Rossi's article, which always gets a heap of hits. Uh, our winners and losers of the round tonight. I'm terrified it's going to go down gonna again. Is Gab going to bring down our website? Well, he's been bringing it down for ages, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. So it could happen again. We might jump right into the triumph of, of Robbie Gray. The like, bartender. Now, you left the room for some reason, probably to sleep or to shower, perhaps. Just, Happens once in a while. Leave. <laughs> and when you came back, I got you to put the headphones on and, and watch the end of that game. And then I spoiled it for you, which was you <laughs> pretty impressive <laughs> by telling you, now, Carlton shouldn't lose this game from here, which basically gives away that they did. But you know how stressed I get when I don't know what the outcome of a game is it's true. while we, I'm watching it? We used to watch Golden State Warrior games on replay, right? knowing the result, the playoff games. And she used to sit there and get all nervous and start shaking and couldn't watch the TV. And I'm like, you know they win. You know they win. You made me sound like a dog ready to pee on the rug. (laughs) Well, luckily we got rid of that rug. That's all I'm saying. So he got the the ball. Siren went. He hadn't had a great last quarter. He was involved plenty. But he handed off a goal that was missed by Todd Marshall. He'd missed one of his own. And looking at it, I wasn't all that confident in him, given what had happened earlier in the quarter. Port had done everything they could to piss that game away. They'd missed, I think, four shots in the last quarter. would have given them the lead. Came down to the last kick, the last play of the game after the siren. Robbie Gray goes back, takes his deep breaths, sucks in the big ones, as opposed to other people we know who do other things to big ones. I was... Not going to say anything, but Usually I can't that's help your the smile. I don't, like, that's too naughty. <laughs> and went back and slotted it to win the game. Now, that was probably the game of the year to this point. I thoroughly enjoyed every aspect of it. Carlton were fantastic, and they're playing very, very entertaining football at the moment, which you go back 12 months, and you wouldn't have really picked anyone saying about Carlton. They've been deplorable for a number of years for a number of reasons. But they look like they've turned the corner. They're really playing fantastic, and they're doing it without Cripps dominating, which is, I think it's a huge positive for that team. He usually does everything. He's a one-stop shop for Carlton. He's not having to do that this year at all. But uh, it was fantastic to see Port get up. 
I'm a big fan of the way they've structured their team. They have three players that they sit behind the ball at the moment. Kane Farrell, Trent McKenzie, and Hamish Hartlett. And if you mark the ball about 50 metres out and you don't man up on any one of those guys, you are asking for trouble because Kane Farrell's done it twice in the last two weeks where he's just received the handball, jogged to the 50-metre line and gone bang and kicked goals. Trent McKenzie had a crack last week and I think he kicked it out of bounds on the full, but he covers the distance easily and Hamish Hartless can, Hartless can kick 55 as well. So I think Alistair Clarkson gets a lot of credit for his time at Hawthorne where he was able to structure a team that was beautiful beautiful left-footers all over the place. He had an inordinate amount of left-footers. And what Ken Hinckley's done at Port Adelaide is have this group of players who can all roost the ball 55 to 60 metres on a regular basis. And he's put them all in, all from like the back half onwards. And he's able to you know, rely on those guys to go forward and bail them out when there's a whole heap of people hanging around in the Ford 50. So really good coaching. I don't actually know how big 50 metres is, just so you know. I mean, like, you know when we go and kick the ball to park? Yep. It takes two of your best kicks to get to 50 metres. I don't believe that for a second. When we go to the park, when we go to the park, you show me where 50 metres is and I'll kick and I'll see how far I get. I reckon it might take three of my best kicks to <laughs> if get one of there. Them, if one of them goes off the side <laughs> of your boot like, and you make me run after it, very well could take four. I like how you said if one of them goes off. Yeah, well, if you're only doing two, yeah, you might, might not happen. If you're doing three, yeah, one of them's bound to. So that kick from Gray, we'll just go back for, for a minute. Obviously not the same amount of pressure, but it reminded me of Dom Sheed's kick in the 2018 Grand Final. Remember we had our lovely esteemed guest here watching with us, Collingwood supporter, and Sheed kicked that goal from the angle. Then he just stood up, told us he hated us, and left. Oh, he told our daughter that he still loved her. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but he wasn't happy overall <laughs> and just stormed out. Actually, he That's came great. back for a second because he thought, oh, Collingwood might still be a chance here. And then I think Darling dropped that mark in the goal square or something, and he stormed out again. So I don't know why he stormed out at that point. Bit of a wanker move, if you ask me, but <laughs> he doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> so there's a few teams that are in a spiral at the moment and a couple of teams that are really on the rise. I reckon people are missing a pretty large point here in that Richmond is sitting in the top four at the moment. Richmond were all but written off a couple of weeks ago. People were, you know, writing their eulogy, talking about, oh, they've got all these players injured. Oh, they've got Shane Edwards and Basha Hawley not going to the hub. Oh, they're not playing that well. They're down on form. Tom Lynch has got a broken hand. And they just keep winning. Does he? He's got a broken hand. He's playing with it. He's not playing with his hand as in, like, in there, you know, <laughs> twirling his fingers around. He's playing football with a broken hand. That seems like a bad idea. Well... I think people have played with worse, but even still, there it's it's a it's a pretty gutsy thing to do considering his job is to jump up and take marks. And any backman worth his salt will be punching him right in the back of the hand every chance he gets. So under the guise of going for the ball, he'll be jumping up and just whacking him right in the back of the hand. Is that something you'd do? Yes. You couldn't you couldn't reach that <laughs> I high. Couldn't jump that high. <laughs> You'd have to wait and till he lands and just step on his hand. I'd probably, like, hit the wrong hand <laughs> if I connected at all. But they've had players who are in form slumps. Like, Daniel Rioli was horrible earlier in the year. 
uh, Jack Revol couldn't get a kick. And this is almost a minor miracle that they're at, they're at this point. They run into a couple of teams who aren't playing all that well in Sydney and North Melbourne. And we'll get to North Melbourne in a second. But they've really, they, they've solidified that group. And they've got people coming into that group. That's our daughter screaming, by the way. <laughs> means she's alive. Don't worry. I don't know about the uh, older daughter, though. Yeah, I might, she might. Uh, she might be pretty annoyed by the time this is might over. Might have been a murder scream. Could have been. <laughs> so they've had players that are hurt. They're bringing in kids like uh, I want to say his name's Derek Egmolly Smith, and I probably got that wrong, but you know, you can live with that, I suppose. Uh, Noah Bolter, guys who really shouldn't be playing to the level they are, but the Richmond system allows them to be this good. They've got guys out like Cochin and Prestia. You know, we can go down the list of, of people they're missing. What's Co- wrong with Cochin? Did his hamstring a couple of weeks ago. So he's uh, he, he'd probably be two weeks away still, I think. Maybe a week, two weeks away. His hair's still fine, don't worry. Oh, he's... I don't even know what position he plays. I'm only interested in his hair, so... Well, he's, he plays basically in the middle and... Who knows what he does in the privacy of his own home. But I'm sure he, he could call in, let us know. Maybe send some pictures. But they're, they're doing extremely well, considering the duress that team's been under. The other team is the Eagles. They've moved into the eight after three straight wins now. They knocked over the Dockers in the, in the derby. Kennedy came back, kicked four goals, four, after people were questioning whether he should even be in the side, bearded Josh Kennedy. He's the massive guy, yeah? Well, he's pretty big. I don't know if he's massive. Are you thinking of Jack Darling? I don't know, am I? <laughs> I think it might be. Kennedy, Kennedy's got the, the bushy beard and stuff. He looks like a bush ranger. Max Gorn. Yeah, that's him. That's him. <laughs> Max Gorn. He's playing it for West Coast be. now, guys, just so you know, okay? It must be so infuriating for you to live with me sometimes. Well, is there a way we can just edit like my, my next comment out? No, I'm not going to say anything. So they've, uh, they've come back really, really well. They hit Western Australia again now, so they'd be feeling pretty good about where they're sitting. Four and three. They won the first game, lost the next three, have won the, th- the, the most recent three. So they'd be pretty happy with proceedings at the moment. They're starting to get value out of Tim Kelly. Elliot Yo's playing good footy. Andrew Gaff ran all day, didn't get a tag, which was interesting. They ran into Frio, who didn't have Nat Fife, and they had, a, they had that moment where, that I showed you where Matt Tabiner marked the ball in the goal square four metres out and decided to play on Oh yeah. and got ran down from behind by Tom Cole. And that, that's called a revolt, by the way, right? Because that guy that you think looks like a vampire, yeah. Nick Revolt. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> did that in the grand final. So he took a mark in the goal square, turned around to kick it, and Heath Shaw came running in and smothered it on the line and basically set the tone for the day. St Kilda went on to lose that grand final. Collingwood won. So the stakes weren't quite as high, but Matt Tabner now... cries about that. He almost cried during the broadcast because he was... Vampire on, tears. He was on commentary. And they brought it up. They went, oh, snuck up, snuck, snuck up on him like a librarian, which was the commentary that was used when it happened to Revolt. He then said to Gary Lyon... I Lyon, am a librarian and we do sneak. You do. I can't get away with anything in this house. <laughs> so he then had a crack at his co-commentator, Gary Lyon, who there's some footage of him being carted off the ground on a stretcher after breaking his leg. And he's writhing in pain. Looks like he's crying. And they used to replay it on the footy show all the time to get under his skin 
and Reebok bought that up on commentary to get back at him. So obviously still stings him a little bit. On the flip side, you've got North Melbourne at the moment, who are sitting second last on the ladder. Coming into this season, I actually thought North Melbourne had a list capable of playing finals. They had a full forward that had kicked 60 goals three straight years. No other forward in the comp had done that. They've got one of the best ruckmen in the game. They've got one of the best centermen in the game. One of the best defenders in the game. Some really, really good kids. And now they've got basically Ben Brown running up and down in the spot. He looks like he's wearing concrete shoes. Can't turn. Can't jump. Unless he gets the ball lace out. You know, that means they kick it to you so perfectly that the lace faces away from you. So you don't hurt your fingers on the laces. It doesn't often happen on purpose, you know. <laughs> but it's a, nice. it's a nice saying. Yeah. So... They've got him barely able to hit the scoreboard. When he does get a chance, he's missing, which was his strength for a number of years, his accuracy at goal. They've got experienced players hacking kicks left, right, and center. Todd Goldstein battling his backside off. But with Cunnington on the sidelines, you have to ask where North goes from here. They've got their backs to the wall. I wrote an article called Arden Up. See, great play on words there because they... It's good, I like it. Yeah, yeah. do you know why? Arden Street. Oh, I know. well done. I know. You want to live in North Melbourne, don't you? I do. <laughs> you do. A lot of corona cases down there. Um, but, unfortunately, Cunnington's out. Goldstein's hitting the ball to people who can't capitalise on it. And they, used, they have this thing down there. They, they, were, they always quote it, the shinbona spirit. It's almost like a bit of a mantra. It's something that they can all rally behind. So Sydney had it with the Bloods culture. They instituted that when Paul Ruse went up there and became their coach. Wanted to embrace something that all the players could hold on to and be part of. Hawthorne had it with the unsociable Hawks in the the late late 90s, late late 2000s, when they won the flag in 2008 and went on to win three in the early 2010s. And... They had the shinbone spirit at North Melbourne, but at the moment, it looks as though they've got nothing going for them at all. They're not playing hard. There's a, there's a young bloke there called Kyron Hayden, and I wonder how many times Reshaw will be showing the vision of him getting basically poleaxed by Tom Lynch, running back with the flight of the ball to his team. He's doing the sort of things as a 21-year-old and seven games under his belt that the older guys should be doing as, as an example, which is putting his body on the line making a statement that the the buck stops with them. Now, he's 21, he's doing it. He went off the ground, hurt after that, didn't return. And it was a pretty freaking hard hit. It, he got bowled over. And I'm looking at their list at the moment. A lot of injuries. I don't know what they can do. They play Carlton this week coming, which will be very interesting because they got their backs to the wall. they got nothing to lose. North Melbourne, either now or never, either they bottom out this year and lose or they make a stand and they actually beat Carlton this week. One guy who was really good for him, he only played a handful of games, was Ben Mackay. Played on Lynch and restricted him quite well. But guys like Jared Polek, Jasper Pittard, Mason Wood, who uh, I'm sick of writing about how how talented he is and how wasteful he is. Aaron Hall, Marley Williams, they were just out there taking up space on the weekend. Reshaw tried, he put Josh Walker forward, and he took five contested marks, which was fantastic. He threw Jasper Pittard forward onto Nick Vlastuin in a negating role. And it kind of robbed Peter to pay Paul a little bit, because Pittard's been really good in defense for North, and all of a sudden he wasn't there to support Robbie Tarrant. 
and they were hurt. So this is a bit of a line in the sand game for North. Carlton playing excellent football, and if they manage to get over Carlton, they can turn things around. If not, they're in big, big trouble. The other team that's sliding rapidly, take a big breath. It's my Hawks. Our Hawks. Our family's Hawks. <laughs> Come on, we've got to share the, share the burden here, because they're playing... They're playing like shit at the moment. They're not looking anywhere near it. Gone are the days where they had the desire to match the talent that they had on the field. There's a fair whack of talent out there at the moment, but the desire doesn't seem to be there. A lot of people were calling for Ben McAvoy to get back in the ruck. You know, he's being wasted in defense. He's being thrown forward. Get him back in the ruck. It's where he plays best. So they threw him back in there this week, and Max Gorn just had an absolute party. He took six contested marks. He was borderline best on ground. He was probably him or Christian Petrarca were the best two players on the ground. And poor old Ben McAvoy. He just was made to look pretty slow and lumbering, and it, was, uh, it wasn't a pretty sight. I wonder where Tom Mitchell's at. I know you Not like Tom to- Mitchell. Yeah, Tom Mitchell. He's two years removed from a Brownlow season. Broke his leg in the preseason in 2019 came back and played round one this year and has played every game but just doesn't seem to have doesn't seem to have the same impact on the game that he had Jager O'Meara just seems relatively happy to run around and and smile when he gets 20 touches nice work Jager got a lovely smile I'm sure <laughs> you sound like me I'm sure you're not not short of a date and stuff but if you could just pick up a bit more of the ball that would be fantastic <laughs> Tom Scully looks like an absolute shadow of the player he was at Greater Western Sydney and we I say that knowing that he had a a pretty bad ankle operation. He played every game last season. He actually looks worse this season than he did last season. And Ben Stratton, the captain of Hawthorne, is making... Oh, he's making me want to take the captaincy off him and give it to someone else. He just looks really ordinary out there. He's having no impact. On the plus side, young bloke called Will Day looks good. Sicily's trying hard, and no, there's no end. That's about it for Hawthorne. They're looking rubbish. Are you a bit devastated? I kind of think that I've seen enough success with Hawthorne that I'm never really upset when we go poorly. I feel, okay, we've we've done well. I've seen a fair bit of success, he says with a smile. You're salty. But I do get salty when we... You do. I don't mind if we play well and lose. I don't like when we play poorly and look like we're not interested. And that's where we're at at the moment. Alistair Clarkson coming under a little bit of fire at the moment. Probably the first time in mm, 10 to 12 years, that, um, probably, probably 10 years, that he's kind of had his decision-making and his style questioned. Uh, it looks like he's in for a stoush with, with our buddy Jeff Kennett, who oh. made comments about Clarkson's future and where, what happens after this contract. So... Clarkson went into the press conference after the game and had no idea that Kennett had made these comments. So, well done. We're a happy team at Hawthorne, all right. The other team... You know who Jeff Kennett seems? He seems a little bit like, you know, the grandpa at Christmas who comes in and just starts making inflammatory comments all over the place because he just likes to stir the pot. Well, everyone paying attention. He's entitled to do that. He's been the Premier of Victoria. I'm the Premier of Victoria. I closed down all the high schools. <laughs> closed the technical schools. I've got I a car with a the job. flag on a bonnet. 
that friggin' guy. Anyway, GWS are the other team that are looking a little bit iffy at the moment. They've got Richmond this week, which will basically sort them out. I spoke about North Melbourne having a line in the sand game against Carlton. GWS have got it as well this week against Richmond. This is the team that ended their premiership dream last year, and they've got a chance to do it again with nine rounds to go. So GWS are sitting three and four. I think at last glance they were 11th on the ladder, but could end up 12th or 13th, depending on what happens today. And the criticisms of them over the over the long haul have been that they're a team with no soul, right? They were basically thrown together, bought, and put together this, this team of mercenaries, brought in a lot of great kids, and I thought they dispelled that in last year's finals. They, they showed a lot of heart, a lot of guts. They really battled out some, some big wins. And it looks as though, unfortunately, they're kind of playing like a team with no heart again. A team of champions, not a champion team, I've got written here. And that, that's been something that's been leveled at them for a long time as well. I didn't have that chemistry. And they've got all these fantastic players. They've got Josh Kelly and Stephen Cornelio and well, Callan Ward, I don't think, was playing, but he's a, he's fantastic. They've got Nick Haynes there. They've got Jeremy Cameron. They've got all these high-profile players. Toby Green wasn't playing. I see your eyes light up there. I don't know. This is like one of those sports movies I love where the team that doesn't know each other and doesn't get along very well, they all kind of have to come together and bond. So what they need is a training montage and lots of really unpleasant activities where they get to know each other. Not like how the Crows did it, but like what happens in the movies. What did the Crows do? I don't want to know what the Crows did in their secret camp. (laughs) Do you think they should oil up a little bit more when they go into the ground? Do you remember we watched Geelong? Geelong Geelong looked like they just jumped out of a pot of oil when they ran out the other night. Jane Dangerfield. They really look like they've, they're trying a new skin treatment and they just need to settle on down. He looked like an ugly male stripper. He was like, oh, look, I'm all shiny. He's a little bit pale, the old danger. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not the best look for a stripper. Although you don't get any tan lines, I suppose. So you know, once he gets down to the nitty gritty, it's all one color. <laughs> this has gone somewhere I so didn't want it to go. Yes, yeah, so let's get back to GWS. They have this guy called Harry Perryman, who through the first four weeks of the year kicked nine goals playing on the wing. He's now playing in defense, and I have no idea why. They've got, they've got a deep talent pool at GWS, and they're using something that was working, and they're taking it away. So they've, they've fixed something that's not broken by moving him to halfback. He's still playing really good football, but it just impedes him from hitting the scoreboard. I don't understand why they've done this. It just seems like a no-brainer to move him back into a into a role where he can impact the scoreboard. And the last one's Toby Green. He jumpstarts their heart at at GWS, and whenever he's out, they kind of lack a lot of a lot of X factor around. They're angry oomph. Yeah, but he just does things that you don't expect to happen. So he just kind of jumps up, takes a mark, kicks a goal out of nowhere, and you can't really manufacture that with anybody else. He's like a circuit breaker on that team. So Why is every, he out? Uh, I think he hurt his knee a little bit before that, the week before. They said, give him a rest and make sure he's right for this week against Richmond, and they're going to need him. So they come up against Richmond. Richmond sitting fourth. GWS sitting 11th slash 12th after this podcast. Who knows? They've really got to make, make something this week or they're in trouble. I'm going to tip them. You're going to tip them on the basis of? I do what I want. Yeah, good work. <laughs> so I'm going to defer at the moment over to Mrs. Mungrel, who 
is going to start compiling her uh, all-star teams. Is that what we're calling Mrs. Mungrel's all-stars? Yeah, why not? Why well, did we are start? Now. It would... started because I kept asking why people couldn't play against each other, and then I said they should join the same team. Yeah, it wasn't a sens- sensible uh, line of questioning at all. <laughs> but what it morphed into was Mrs. Mungrel starting to write down players who she'd like to have on her team. Or to play against each other. I think that was the premise. Oh, but... I'm rewriting all the rules. Right, so all you can them. explain it. Off yeah. you go. Well, I'm only going to do a couple each week because A, I don't know many players, and B, I can't be bothered. So. <laughs> That's what you get at the Mungrel Punk. <laughs> Passion, drive, <laughs> commitment. <laughs> And Mrs. Mungle's All-Stars. You get what you pay for. You do anyway. <laughs> yeah, I do. Off you go. Okay, so the first two people on my super team are the Hughes, because I can't remember which one's which. I don't know what they look like. I'm pretty sure they play the same position and are roughly the same in every way, shape, or form. Now. The Hughes. Hugh Greenwood. Yes. And Hugh McGreenwood. No. <laughs> You, you have a habit of morphing the same of two players into one and just and you, you won't be told otherwise. No, so I, Hume, I do this in everyday life too. My Hume working life is a nightmare. Yeah. You've got a staff team of how many at your work? I don't know, like five. Hundred? Oh, altogether, yeah, yeah. like 300. three hundred. I don't know most of them. And you know five. <laughs> I know five. Righto. So the, the two hues. The two hues. So I think they'll be playing the same position and just swap out when they feel like it. Hugh Greenwood. Yep. And Hugh McCluggage. McCluggage. There we go. Not McGreenwood. No, Hugh so McCluggage. So what is it you Hugh like Greenwood. about these two? Um, when we're doing the stats. Yeah. You say Hugh and it's like right after you say Hugh, I get this buzzing noise in my ear and I can't work out which one you said and then I just have to... So you like them based on the fact that you can't tell them apart, even though they look nothing like each other and play for different teams. I'm not sure I've ever seen them, and also I don't know what teams they play for. But you've also never seen them in the same room. This is true. Well, the plot thickens. Are they the same person? This is worrying. They could be. They look nothing like each other, but they could be masters of disguise. Well, Anyway, I'll... I don't know how what, what they actually play. But football, I'm usually. Pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're the same size, yes? No. No, not at all. I'm pretty sure they play similar positions. Not at all. They have the same ca- same hair colour? Similar teams? Well, they're both in Queensland. That must be it. It must be it. Common thread. Look at me. Look at you go. If we keep asking questions, you'll find the common denominator with any two players. I think they're going to be left flank forwards. Is that a thing? It is now. <laughs> so when you're doing your all-Australian teams this year, guys, don't forget to include your left flank forwards. I tried really hard there. I also think that's a, a cut of beef you can get when you go to the butcher. You go, hey, I'd like a left flank forward, please. They just give you like a whole leg of the cow. Yep, so, and, then, and then I have one more person oh, that I want really? to include Oh, really? I thought you were only going to do two. Well, I've changed my mind already. Wow. That? You can't be tamed. The Bailey that's supposed to be the attractive one. The Bailey. The Bailey. The Bailey, Bailey who's meant to be the good-looking one that... Oh, Your that daughter my, says that my daughter likes. said everybody likes, and we look at him and go, how could anyone like him? At proving how old we are, yeah. yeah. Bailey Smith from the Western Bulldogs there with the go. massive mullet. So you're including him on the yeah. basis of... Oh, just your daughter's pretty cool and... Now, 
I want to point out, I don't think my daughter actually said that she liked him. No, no, she just said that lots of people do. Does that mean she likes him? I don't... She knew who he was. That yeah. usually means she likes him. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll get her in here and ask her towards the end. <laughs> what, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, what do you think of Bailey Smith? She'll go like, ew. Anyway. That's it, and my selections are only going to get worse. Well, it would be hard for them to get better after today. I have to say. It would. It's... I've really knocked it out of the park there. Yeah. I think you can just days. sit down for a minute while I run through this next section because oh, you've good. earned the break. Rest. So I want to run through a couple of the, the form plays in the competition now over the last couple of weeks. Over the first probably five weeks, you had Sam Doherty at Carlton who was just racking up possessions like they were going out of fashion there. He had Lockie Neal cruising along. They, they were the two players out of the first five weeks. Over the last couple of weeks, Christian Petrarca. Our old buddy, CP, CP5, I think that's his number, five. five. Anyway, there's a basketball player called Chris Paul, and he wears number three, and his nickname CP3. So CP5, if CP that is his number. Thighs. CP thighs. <laughs> it's like PJ Masks, <laughs> only not as cool because he doesn't get dressed up. Uh, our daughter's got a gecko mask, by the way. I look real cool in it. <laughs> So he had a a goal on the weekend, 14 score involvements again, and God knows how many tackles he just kind of wandered through. (laughs) (laughs) Can you leave the room? No, the imagery was just amazing. Which is wandering through a whole heap of tackle. Not saying a word. It was plural, tackles. He's basically breaking tackles. Ouch. Just going to keep quiet now. So Hawthorne... Uh, one of the worst tackling teams in the league. And Petrarca basically came into this game knowing it and just did as he wanted, ran full-chested at people, and they just couldn't hold on to him. So he's a monster at the moment. Adam Trelaw at Collingwood played three games this season, three games with 30-plus disposals. I think on you know earlier in the week, there was a, three players that had done that had reached the mark of 30 touches in a game, and Trelaw's done it three times in a row, hasn't missed a beat. Charlie Dixon, leading the league in goals, contested marks, marks inside 50. The arguments against what someone on on our Facebook page put up this morning, a decent argument that he's only kicked goals against poor teams. Just put it back on him that uh, he actually kicked six against West Coast. I reckon West Coast are a pretty good team. They got At the time, they had Tom Barris, Shannon Hearn, and Brad Shepard all back in defensive 50. I reckon that constitutes kicking goals against a pretty decent defense. You can only beat who's in front of you. And yeah, he struggled against Harris Andrews, but just about everyone in the league has struggled against Harris Andrews at the moment. His 3.8 contested marks per game would be enough. I think Tom Lynch led the league last year with 2 point something, so Dixon is absolutely tearing it apart. Just mentioned Harris Andrews. He's been an absolute monster this year. He owned the first half against the GWS Giants on the weekend. He's the only bloke to get hold of Charlie Dixon this season at all. He gets plenty of help from a bloke named Darcy Gardner, who gets little to no credit. He was huge against Jeremy Cameron on the weekend. And I think we we talked him up in the review, Darcy Gardner, but the way Harris Andrews is playing, he's basically got that that full-back spot locked up again in the All-Australian team. Last bloke I want to touch on is... Well, don't want to touch on him. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, well, that makes for a nice change. Um, (laughs) Hugh Greenwood... (laughs) Up in Gold Coast. The Hugh. The Hugh. One of the Hughes. One of the Hughes. <laughs> yeah. Bless. He plays for two teams. He's got split personalities, yet he still manages to lead the league in tackles. Lovely. 
yeah, he's been pretty good. I'd like to say I didn't see this coming, but I think I even wrote about it in the offseason that he's exactly the sort of player that Gold Coast needed. So last season, what would happen is that the young blokes are getting there in the middle. They kind of get run over and pushed over by you know, the seasoned veterans on other teams, the big, strong blokes. And Greenwood just doesn't take a back step. If he gets his hands on guys, he drags them down. And they can try and shrug. They can try and break away. He's absolutely killing it this year. And he's added an element of toughness to that team that was missing. 12.3 of his 16.9 touches a game come contested. So he doesn't just go out there and get the easy ball like a lot of midfielders, Crouch Brothers. He goes in and gets it and wins the hard ball. So to finish up, we're going we're gonna to come back later on if there's anything you know, extremely exciting from the Melbourne, from the Adelaide and St Kilda game tonight. However, just looking at who the flag favourites would be at the moment, given current form, you'd have to throw Richmond in the mix, given they're, they're up against it. Oh, you're looking like you're, you're a bit upset by that. I told you my prediction. I don't even need to go into this. Would you like to give everybody your prediction? How does everybody not know who's going to win? Or who it's going to be between. How's your tipping going first? Wait on. How does everyone know who's so going to win? So bad, in, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> but the Suns, is it the Suns? The Suns, you like. I do. So I like Stuart Jew, and I like the Saints. So your tip is the Suns and Saints grand final. Can you, you imagine how excited we will be if that happens? We. Well, me and my two friends that know nothing about football, oh, yeah. yeah. You'll be over the moon. But it'll be a great year to hold a the game at the MCG, because no one will want to go anyway. Those two are in it this year. But the, now, look, the Suns are building. They're, they've been fantastic. And they've un- unleashed Isaac Rankine finally. And he's kicking goals like he's been doing it all his life for the Suns. Looks fantastic. And the Saints are getting better, aren't they? They're better than they've been in hmm. the last couple of years. Yes? Well, yes. let's wait until tonight to see, because... What the Saints have been doing is falling away. They recruited Brad Hill from Fremantle last year, and they he hasn't really fired a shot for them. And I'm thinking if he, can actually, if he can actually find a decent gear and give them a little bit, they'll be a hell of a lot better team because he's a great runner and a great finisher. But he's uh, he's just not doing it. So the other teams I'm thinking of, Collingwood, Port, Port Adelaide have to be in the mix. They're 6-1. and one. They're going to play finals. And they've got the sort of run. They've got a, got a kid called Zach Butters, who, yeah, he's a chip off the old block, Butters. Oh, shit. No, that was terrible. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's an antagonistic little bastard. Like, he just looks like he'd get up in your face. And and you have to admit, you kind of dig that in the player. You know, he's not, not overly big. He's very skilled. He works really hard. He tackles hard. He's just the sort of player that, can slot into a forward line and make a difference. He's he's going to be a fantastic one for them. Brisbane, obviously, travelling really, really well. And uh, you can't leave out West Coast. I suppose we're going to know a bit more about West Coast in about a week's time. They get Collingwood next week. It'll be a massive game. Same with the Suns. They get a Thursday night game, standalone game, on a... I think it's on free-to-air. If it's not, well, at least it's a standalone game. Should get some good ratings on... On Fox, they get the Western Bulldogs, and that'll test them as well. So from round nine onwards, we're basically uh, a little bit lost at the moment. We haven't got a fixture, but I heard somewhere we're going to do 33 games in 19 days. So if all of a sudden I die... It's because I've killed you. Either that or I've just had (laughs) enough. But um, 
we'll we'll continue to try and uh, provide the best coverage that we can. I don't know how we're going to go with our rankings in that period because a round will end one day and commence the next by the sound of it. We'll figure something out. Will we? Yeah. Wow, it's news to me. <laughs> I was just going like, oh, well, we'll give up. Look at my mad confidence. Yeah. So if there's anything that, that's very important that jumps out from, from the St Kilda and Adelaide game tonight, maybe Adelaide are a different team back at Adelaide Oval. Maybe they're a completely different team. Maybe they just get rid of that team and bring another one in. <laughs> and yeah, they, they might play. They might grow an extra leg there. They might, they might uh, be actually halfway decent. If they are, we'll jump back on. But if not, we're going to leave it there and we'll catch you next week. Take it easy. Righto. We're back after watching the Saints get over Adelaide for the first time in forever, I think, at the Adelaide Oval. First time they've won there, they said on commentary. I don't know how accurate that is. few notes from it. Jack Steele, absolutely fantastic game. 26 touches, 13 clearances, was far and away the best player on the ground. He did a massive job on Patrick Cripps a few weeks ago and has backed it up with a fantastic job here again. Playing opposite Brad Crouch, I'm not sure that he tagged him. They seemed relatively convinced he was giving a, a bit of a loose tag uh, for the game. Uh, Brad's brother, Matt, had 25 touches. I reckon he did bugger all with the footy for the whole game. Got most of him in the back half. Went backwards, sidewards. Didn't do a hell of a lot at all. Pretty disappointing. Jaron Geary went and uh, went and stood next to Brody Smith. Last week, Brody Smith had 31 touches and was one of the Adelaide's best players for the game and this week he had 12 so massive win there for Jaron Geary really like Tom Dodie stepping in as captain for Adelaide and I reckon if you're looking for something positive to take out of this for Adelaide it's the form of Dodie he was an absolute ripper at halfback took a whole heap of intercept marks and at the other end you had Dougal Howard one of your favorites Mrs Mungrel she's not answering she's pretty tired it's very late but she's um yeah, it was it was very impressive seeing him go against Tex Walker as well. So Walker ended up kicking three goals and Dougal Howard probably had the better of him. Strangely, Tex could have ended up with five. So, you know, Adelaide had their chances. I suppose the Saints rallied pretty well. And that'll do for us. We'll be back next week to cram a whole heap of games into forty minutes and hopefully you'll be back too. Thanks guys. Bye.